everyone and welcome to the good old podcast i'm jagged for chili for why i was 24 7 and as you can see we have special guests from streaking the lawn zach carey zach thanks for joining us yeah of course thanks for having me and of course if you see zach in your double screen that means we're talking about virginia men's basketball and honestly this community this school this program honestly a lot of people have just really embraced both the women and men's team right now with they were the first two teams to play after the tragic events that occurred last week. They both went undefeated on the road during tough circumstances. Both played very well. Both won their two games on the road during the, during after these events. So they, they were the two teams that the community kind of went around. And we're going to talk about UVA men because they probably had, the best weekend out of college basketball teams around the country. They beat two elite teams, number 19, Illinois, number five, UCLA, when they played. And now they're in the top five. Virginia moved up 11 spots to the number five in the AP poll, Zach. And when you look at those two games, what stands out to me is the 32-5 to run against Baylor and the 13-0 run against Illinois to seal the win there was no scoring droughts they had that killer instinct and they performed yeah and you know I think we're seeing a big question for this team's defense for this team was would the defense improve would it be elite could it sort of like carry this team like it has in years past because we were uncertain about the offense and I think that what you've seen in those runs is a defense that is good enough to give very good offenses trouble for enough time to go on one of those runs. Because in tournament play, you're not holding, you know, a, a Baylor offense, an Illinois offense to 0.8 points per possession. You're not holding them under 60 points consistently unless it's a fluky game for both teams. So being able to just sort of like have those moments where you just you can get four stops in a row and then you you score on three of those four possessions and all of a sudden the game is turned, or as we saw against Baylor, it was 32 to five. I mean, that's an entire quarter of the game. Um, and so that's what really sort of stuck out to me just on that side of the ball. And, and obviously, yeah, I mean, we saw what this offense is. We're seeing the cohesiveness. We're, we're seeing sort of like the value of bringing all five starters back. That I think a lot of people questioned um, just because, you know, it's five starters back from a team that couldn't make it past the, you know, elite eight or quarterfinals of, of the NIT. Um, so there's a lot of individual growth, a lot of internal development that's obviously gone on this summer, and this team is playing better um, in really all facets of the game, and it's really exciting. Yeah, we're going to talk about individual growth here in a second, but I think what stands out, we talked about how you're talking about defensively, but offensively is their shot selection. I think that yeah. has been something that really kind of kind of steps up because when you look at the last two games, you look at their shot selection, they're shooting 40 they're shooting 35.8% from three point range last year. They were shooting 24.2% from, from three point range. And even when they miss their shot, it's not a bad shot last year. When you saw them play, sometimes they were forcing shots or not giving the, taking the extra pass when they should. Kihei Clark is now taking the extra pass sometimes. And that's been the difference too, on the offensive side of the ball. 
Yeah, I mean, just the and, and it's not like they brought in Ben Vanderplas and all of a sudden he's the guy making threes and it changes. No, it, it's the volume of shooters that this team has because all of a sudden Reese Beekman is a knockdown catch and shoot guy. Reese Beekman is punishing people, and I know I'm just talking about one guy, but like it's all these guys. Reese Beekman is, is punishing guards for going under ball screens and he's he's taking the three and making it. Kihei is a catch and shoot guy in the mover blocker. Obviously, Armand Franklin is showing this consistency consistency that everyone's been asking for. I mean, if, if you look back, including the last maybe eight or nine games of last season, he's shooting over 40% in like his last 15 games, which is really, really impressive. Um, and then you have a McNeely you can throw in. You have a Ben Vanderposs you can throw in there. And all of a sudden, it's just like you have a team full of shooters that completely change how this offense works because – Sort of the, the the mover blocker Tony Bennett offense is is so predicated on making defenses make small mistakes that then add up. Because if you take a wrong angle here, you're a little bit too aggressive here, and all of a sudden you have one guard coming off a screen, and instead of you instead of a defender being right on his hip, he's about a half step behind, and then you get a shot off because Francisco Kafar was huge and gets in your way, and the shot gets off. And so you're finally seeing compared to last year, you're finally seeing those small advantages pay off because guys are making shots. And then it's just, it's a story of basketball. When in modern basketball, when you make outside shots, everything is easier. And, and that's what you're saying. And you're seeing a really unselfish team being able to take advantage of those strengths. Yeah. And you talk about individual growth and you mentioned two individuals that really have changed things up for Virginia. Armand Franklin, he's the one that has had the most growth this off season. He really worked his, you know, worked his butt off to get ready for the season. He's finally healthy. Last year, he had to deal with turf toe during most of the year, which affected him. You know, playing turf toe, playing with turf toe is horrendous. It's going to affect you. And Armand is now shooting much better. You said it yourself, 45.5% from three point range in Las Vegas. He averaged 17.5 points per game, including that amazing 26 point effort against Baylor. And then in addition to him, you have Vanderplas, who his versatility has been invaluable for, for Virginia. Look at how his ball movement, his vision, it, passing, rebounding. Those two guys have made such an impact for Virginia this year. Absolutely. And, and I think that it just, instead of the offense being based around giving the ball to Jane Gardner in the last 15 seconds of the shot clock and just hoping that he can find something Finally, this sort of passiveness in the offense is gone. Finally, there's de- there's deliberate play because you know that you can take advantage of things. And you have these guys who, I mean, Ben Vanderplas is just, he's a do-it-all type of player. And I was worried when he got here that he was going to be a little bit too slow defensively, not be able to pick things up quick enough. He's completely flawless defensively. And I mean, if anything, he's been a slight plus um, just because he's been able to make, make a couple get a couple steals here and there um, and, and obviously being on, on the offensive rebounds um, been huge, but like he just gives you a different element that this team hasn't had in a while. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really sort of just a perfect storm of a lot of different pieces coming together. And, and you talk about that ball movement. I mean, UVA is I think second or third in the country in assist rate, like assists per um, field goals made, which is, like around 72, 73%, which is really impressive. I mean, it does speak to, and this will be a, a storyline for March. 
it does speak to maybe the team not quite having that one guy that can go get you a bucket when you absolutely need it. But you also saw some of that. You saw Reese Beekman take it to the hole a couple of times against Illinois uh, specifically. And so, yeah, I mean, just all these pieces are coming together. Caden Shadrick is hitting. I mean, he, he had two mid-range jumpers against Baylor, but that means something. That means the defenses have to start to respect that. And at a certain point, I, I think I, I wrote it in a, a story this weekend, like it becomes difficult to game plan. Like, what do you hone in on? What are you trying to prevent? What are you going to allow UVA to do? Because last year, their offense was pretty, it was pretty basic. It was sort of just like, okay, if you can shut Gardner down, if you can double him in the post and then Franklin doesn't get hot, well, what else are they going to do? Now it's, there's different offense you can run. There's different lineups. You have to prepare for these different combinations of guys. Um, and you have to compare, sort of re- prepare for different combinations of guys doing different things at different times. And so just that multifaceted um, element uh, of the team and of the offense is, is so refreshing and is probably why um, they're going to be one of these top teams in the country that we're talking about as we head towards the spring. Yeah, it's all about that depth that everyone was talking about during preseason. It's that versatility of lineup. Like you said, they can adjust their lineup to their opponent and adjust to what they're seeing on the court, which is something Tony Bennett has not had in a bit. So that's something that we've already seen what can happen. And just to kind of follow up on your stat, it's 72.9% um, the assist to field goal ratio. So that is that is outstanding. And yeah. a lot of that is Kihei Clark in the extra pass. And I think it's a lot of that. A lot of that is also that Kihei, we kind of talked about it in football where Brendan Armstrong tried to do too much at times. I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. Kihei might've tried to do too much at times. Now he goes, I can give this the ball out. I have faith in the talent that we have on the team or the consistent level that we are playing with. So you're seeing Kihei um, kind of blossom in that regard, especially during ball movement. He is getting, I think one of the most minutes out of other players on his Virginia roster. And yeah. we talked a little bit about Beekman. And when you look at Reese Beekman, you look at what he's been able to do this season. All I can think of what happens when his mid range jumpers start hitting. Yeah. Because, and, and that's one of the things that was such a strength of this team last year. Um, Gardner included, I mean, Gardner's 0 for 9. Some of that is just less volume and, and sort of um, less he's not being relied on as much. So him not sort of getting into a rhythm is understandable over nine from the mid range that is, but yeah, I mean, Reese, he's shown a desire to sort of be able to pull up and, and take that mid range jumper because there's a part of his game where that, that could be criticized in the past of how does he create his own shot? Cause he's not great finishing at the rim. He's decent, but he hasn't been great finishing at the rim this year. He's not a, you know, he's not even sort of a, a knockdown three-point shooter at least wasn't before this year and he wasn't great from the mid-range now you're starting to see okay he's using his body to get inside he's using his length and his quickness to get touches into the paint and then finish through contact he's hitting shots and making defenses respect him on the outside and right exactly the the mid-range thing is can he pull up because defenses are going to be so concerned about him getting by them um and and when you throw in the three-point shooting into the equation where if they have to close out and then all of a sudden they're like, shoot, I got to get back. I got to drop step. If he can pull up, he's going to have defenders flying backwards. Um, and, and he could, if he starts to hit those shots, then all of a sudden we're looking at a, a scorer that I don't think that we thought that Reese could be or sort of a type of score that Reese could be sort of at all three levels. And so, I mean, obviously his defense is still incredibly disruptive and he just, changes the way the game is played on that end. I mean, there, there were just a number of steals and there was sort of a highlight clip that I think 
somebody put out on Twitter or somewhere. And it just, it's just like from two games, it's like five steals where he just completely changes the momentum of the game where all of a sudden Baylor's in transition. And then it's like, Oh, Reese reaches into the passing lane and it's going the other way. Um, there was one back and forth against Illinois where it looked like we're talking about like an NBA game. And I think it ended in a Reese dunk and it's just, he changes UVA basketball. It's sort of like how Ty Jerome changed UVA basketball. Like he just changes the way that you think about the team and how the game is played and sort of the system that's run because UVA is running in transition. Like, listen, they're still like last in the country in pace of play, but they're, they're getting out there a little bit more and, and they're being a little bit more aggressive, maybe sometimes a little bit too much um, for their own good, but, but they're getting out there. And, and, and that's a lot of reason you know, I, I think everyone's talked about it at this point. It, it's a it's a point that's been reiterated plenty. But if Reese is the best player in this team, if we're talking about a Reese Speakman who is the guy, this team can go places. And it, and it can go places in March. It can go places before then. Um, and, and that's just really exciting. And, I mean, I'm just – I sound like a uh, broken record talking about how exciting this team is right now. But it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. I feel like this team coming into the season, despite all the experience and depth, was still kind of the underdog going into this team. Not much yeah. talked about. Like, yes, they were in the top 25. But I feel mm-hmm. like this past weekend kind of, at least perceptionally, raised the ceiling of expectations around the Cavaliers program now. Um, yeah. And you look at the games coming up, because now, one, they're battle-tested. So you already see what they're able to capable to doing with some of the top talents around the country. They're going to face Houston coming out. They're going to have UNC here coming up soon. When you look at those games, what are you looking for to the most? And what ceiling do you have? I know Tony Bennett hates bracketology questions and all the other yeah. <laughs> going, but what do you think this is the team ceiling this year, just watching them early on here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think coming into the year, I was like absolute ceiling, like elite eight in the tournament and like win the ACC just because UNC is great, but it's still, I mean, Hubert Davis is still, you know, very early on in his coaching career and Duke some of that sort of like preseason perception is potential. Like just, just like what we're talking about right now. And like Duke always has crazy potential, but UVA is just returning the same guys. Plus oh, some guy named Ben Vanderplas from Ohio and some. With a cool mustache. Yeah. Right. With a cool mustache. He's, he's going to get some NIL money at some point for that mustache. Um, but <laughs> I think their final four NCAA championship good. And maybe that's an overreaction. Maybe I'm a homer, but. Beating Baylor is no joke of a team. Illinois is no joke of a team. Those are Baylor is a, a final four contestant. Illinois um, is going to be up there in the Big Ten and, and looking at sort of like a sweet 16 type of bid. Baylor has some of the best guards in the country, and UVA went toe-to-toe with them and shut them down for periods of time. Keontae George is only going to get better as the season goes on, so Baylor is going to get better, but so is UVA. I mean, if we've learned anything with Tony Bennett teams, it's that they get better. And the fact that in games – three and four they beat two teams who i'd argue are very obviously sort of top 15 top 20 baylor probably quite clearly top eight top 10 that doesn't just that doesn't just happen you don't just win those sorts of games friday sunday like that and not have a team that can win in the tournament so unc hasn't looked great i'm confident in saying that uva is a top two favorite for the acc probably neck and neck with unc right now looking at trying to make a deep tournament run I don't like saying those things about Tony Bennett teams just because (laughs) um, pace of play and all sort of the things that come into that make it difficult. And uh, we've seen upsets happen, 
But this team is built for a tournament run. And I think that it's very possible. Of course, I say this, they're going to lose to a 16 seed again. And I'm not going to hit the end of it. But that's sort of where I see right now. I'm seeing ceiling is final four. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's there. There's definitely more hope around the program today than yeah. there was last Friday. That is for sure. Friday morning. There's definitely for sure. And so Virginia basketball will play on Friday. Um, if you don't listen to this podcast before, they're they're going to have MD Eastern on Friday. And then they have Florida State and then they have the exam break. Yes. So that will be their their schedule coming up. And in between that, there's also Thanksgiving, Zach. So I couldn't let you leave this podcast before asking, what is your favorite food Thanksgiving and why is it pumpkin pie? Oh, pumpkin pie is a good one. Um, pumpkin pie, I have to like load the whipped cream on though. I'm, I'm weird like that. Um, Fair. Um, I'm very into mashed potatoes and gravy. I Part of me just likes to like have a plate of things that just end up sort of together. My dad makes a really good green bean casserole. So maybe I'll, I'll go with that. Um, I'll, I'll stick with that answer for now, but, but yeah, I, I go back and forth. <laughs> See, this is uh I've been introduced to Thanksgiving since uh, marrying my husband, since his family's from the South, from Alabama and Virginia. So I've okay. never had casseroles before mm. since like the first time I had casserole is when I dated my husband, my, my family, we lived in the States, Miami, but my mom's from Brazil. My dad's from Italy. So our Thanksgiving actually was still black beans and rice. Yeah. We had a turkey to make it Thanksgiving. So when uh, my husband showed me casseroles, I was like, what is this? Yeah. I, I don't understand what is this. And then with pumpkin pie, I was like, where's the condensed milk? Because if you're in Brazil, you, you bake everything with condensed milk. <laughs> so, uh, but I have grown to like pumpkin pies. Um, but I still bring uh, some Brazilian stuff to our potluck. So. I'm, I'm trying to introduce them to Brazilian food. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zach, well, I hope. Yeah. Well, I wish you happy Thanksgiving and we'll see you back in Charlottesville uh, for the Florida state game. Awesome. Thanks for and if me. you like, yeah, no problem. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you follow us and listen to the good old podcast. You can listen to wherever you listen to your podcast and if you want to follow Zach and see what he's writing, he's over at Streaking the Lawn. And Zach, where do we find you on social media? Yeah, uh, so Twitter is probably the best. I mean, well, if it's around. Um, Twitter, uh, my handle is at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y underscore. So, or Streaking the Lawn on Twitter. Well, there you go. You know exactly where to find Zach during this basketball season he does a great job and of course we'll have him over here once or twice we got to bring him back to see if his ceiling prediction is correct <laughs> especially you know if they do win the national title i'm going to be recording this and making sure that i have it ready to go for zach 